Welcome back to another episode of the Basketball Insider edition of the No Further Comments podcast. This is episode number 18, and it's September 24th, 2018. I'm your host, Alex Meacham. We're coming to you from the Anderson Community Television Studios today. Huge shout out to our producer, Shane, for all his hard work and making everything run well. Now, don't forget our normal NFC podcast at the iHeart Studios with Glenn Riley and Mario Doremus. We'll be back very soon, hopefully next week, with episode number 54. You know, we're talking everything pop culture. We talk about Trump. We talk about Mac Miller, the new Jordans that are coming out, new movies, all that good stuff. So look out for that. Let's cover some social media. No Further Comments is on Twitter, at NFC Podcast. We're also on IG, at NFC Podcast. In the old reliable Facebook, no further comments. Now, if you don't agree with me, you know, you think I'm full of crap or you think I'm great and everything I say is great, which hopefully you do, you can reach out to me on social media. I'm on Twitter, at Alex underscore Meacham. Meacham spelled M-E-A-C-H-A-M. I'm on Instagram, IG, at Alex underscore Meacham. And also on Facebook, just Alex Meacham. Now, for the young folks, you can hit me up on Snapchat, BigMeach41. Now, as usual, we come into the smooth sounds of the iconic 90s rapper Big Daddy Kane. And Kane stands for the King Asiatic, Nobody's Equal. Now, the song that we came into is Ain't No Stopping Us Now. And that's off of the 90s album, A Big Daddy Thing. And I, I chose this song for a reason. If you listen to our last podcast, episode number 17, we had Nick Campbell, um, the Las Vegas mass shooting uh, victim who overcame a lot of things with that. Um, we had a song that transitioned um, into his introduction. And in this case, with Big Daddy Kane, ain't no stopping us now. When I, when I, when I think about this song, it reminds me of the young man that we have in studio today and who is our special guest. So to intro here, my guest is Ryan Custer. Now Ryan is an elder high school grad, um, current Wright State student, I believe a junior. Somewhere around there, yeah. Somewhere around there, okay. Hopefully somewhere around there. <laughs> Former player, also played basketball in the Shining Star AU program, the program that I run, and that's how I originally met Ryan. So let me tell you a quick story to bring this all around. It was April 2017, and AU was just getting started, and we were in a tournament, and the tournament was played here locally in Cincinnati, Ohio, um, in Evendale, an area called Evendale, at Sports Plus. And so I'm the director of the Shining Star program. I don't coach any teams, so I kind of stand off to the side and I, I just watch our teams play. One of our former assistant coaches, who also is assistant coach at Elder High School, the high school uh, Ryan went to, he's there watching some of the current Elder players play in an AU game. And I'm standing off to the side, and all of a sudden, Jason Murphy, the coach, Murph, comes running over to me. And I'm like, what's up, what's up? And he goes, Custer was in a really bad accident. And I was like, well, what kind of accident? He goes, I, I don't know, I think it was a car accident. So then at this point, over the next, probably around 15 minutes or so, rumors started to spread all throughout the gym. Ryan Custer's been injured. Ryan Custer's been in a car accident. Um, 
he was at a bar and something happened. So there were all kind of rumors and no one knew the truth. But one thing we did know, and Coach Murphy said this, and he said, it's bad. And I'm like, whoa, 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 it's bad. Like, death bad or what kind of bad are we talking about? And he just said, I don't know. So after all the AU games ended for the evening, myself and one of our coaches, Mike Price, head coach of Oak Hills High School here in Cincinnati, jumped in the car. We drove over to University uh, Hospital, University of Cincinnati Hospital, um, to at least go see Ryan's family. We knew we probably weren't going to be able to see Ryan. Uh, he's going to have surgery. And so we're, we're there, and we hear he's in critical condition. And I, I, I'm going to tell you, I am, there, there are a couple things that I struggle with. I struggle with funerals, like, like most people do. But I, I really do struggle going to funerals. And the other is, I struggle walking into hospitals. I don't know if it's the, the smell that just gets to my stomach, but I always have, ever since I was little, I've had a problem walking into hospitals. And now here I am walking into a hospital to go visit the family of one of our former players who is critically injured. I don't know the, the severity of the situation, so my stomach is just, it, it's just, I have a terrible feeling. It was a tough scene. Spend some time with his family. Obviously his family is, is visibly upset. They don't know, they don't know the result, like they don't know what the situation, they just know it's bad. I just remember his mother saying, this is it's bad, it's not good. So, the, what I got was that he had a hard time feeling his lower extremities and he had to have a surgery. And I, I'll be honest with you, and, and Coach Price was there as well. I, I just remember our expression, our, our, our hearts dropped, and it was just like just silence and, and not a lot of talk. So from, from that point until today, Ryan has been on a very tough journey and his life has changed. His family's life has changed. And I asked Ryan to come on the podcast to tell a story. And I promise you, if you are a young person or if you are a parent um, that has children, his story will touch you. And if you listen closely, I guarantee you, it will inspire you. And with all that being said, I'd like to welcome to the show, Ryan Custer. It's good to be here. I'm not going to lie, when you first started talking, I thought you were going to uh, say, like, I made an unreal play or something. That's how, <laughs> that's how you got to know me a little bit, but it was, it was good. Yeah, well, we're, we're going to talk a little bit about uh, some of our first um, meetings. I'm not sure if you remember how we initially met, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bring that up. So for, now, now, listen, we came in, the music that we come into is from a 90s rapper named Big Daddy Kane. Are you familiar with Big Daddy Kane, Ryan? Absolutely not. You've never heard Absolutely of Big Daddy no Kane? Idea. Well, now I've heard of him one time, and it was last week when I think he, you listened to he the was podcast. on the podcast last week, yeah. So, a few other times I've watched it, but I don't know if he was, he was playing or not. But. Well, every time we come in, I play to the Basketball Insider podcast, I play Big Daddy Kane. So... Prior to Jay-Z, Jay-Z's the GOAT. He's the greatest rapper of all time, Ryan. This is, this is not up for discussion. So Jay-Z's the greatest rapper of all time. But prior to Jay-Z, I was a huge Big Daddy Kane fan. And my, my father grew up listening to jazz and um, R&B and soul music. And he really wasn't into rap. 
But the one rapper my father loved was Big Daddy Kane, so we, we shared that in common. So, now, are you a, are you a fan of, of hip-hop music, rap? Do you even listen to rap? Uh, I've listened to a few times for basketball games, but I'm actually up. more of a country fan. You're a country fan. so Big country fan. Who's your, who's your favorite? Probably Kenny Chesney. Kenny Chesney. Okay. More of a, I'm more of like an old country fan, like a mid 2000s. Okay. I feel like the new the new country is all more hip hop and pop, but okay, you're not feeling that. A, I'm more of the like gritty farmer. <laughs> farmer. <laughs> My tractor broke down. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> uh, good for you. So, last week I interviewed uh, Nick Campbell. You listened to that podcast from Las Vegas, and he was at the Jason Aldean concert. Yeah. When that whole shooting went down, did you ever see the video? Of the actual shooting? I might have seen little snippets of it, but I never really... I just don't think I could watch it. Oh, anyway, if, I, if I did see it, I don't think I could... It's, yeah. just, it's, it's too crazy. I don't think I could watch it. It's crazy. And just so the, the one part where, where Jason Aldean's performing and he's singing and all of a sudden you hear pop, 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 and you know he kind of like looks around and thinks it's maybe fireworks yeah. up above. And then... Well, yeah, you don't really think anything of it. Not at an outdoor concert, yeah. right? You're just like, I'm just here listening to music. And then he, I, th- I believe... He started like seeing the, the big screen they had, I thought, yeah, I thought, st- yeah. stuff coming off it. He was like, "Oh crap!" Like somebody's shooting. That's when he kind of ducked off stage. And man, just what a, what a crazy scene. But to get, to talk to Nick Campbell last week and then to talk to you. I mean, we're, we're, these are two back to back. I think great episodes of of young people that are that have going through things and overcoming obstacles and I, I think more more kids need to hear stories like this so let's start from the beginning you're a west side guy born and raised now till i die there is <laughs> there is something about the west side it is a community like no other in our city and and when i when i say that obviously there's a divide between east and west side yeah it's like gangs or something. It's like East Side, like, but no, there, there's a huge. I think there's a huge difference. The, the West Side is a very, I, I think it's a very tight community, and I think you found out through this. It's oh, probably yeah. tighter than you even imagined. Oh, everybody knows everybody. Everybody, no matter what's going on, it's always when you say for you're from the West Side, it's yeah, you're part of that little group. Yep, no doubt about it. And and one thing that exists on the West Side, and there are, there are multiple schools on the West Side. But there is something about Elder High School. And there's something about the alumni and their love for Elder, the school, sports, the kids that go there. And if you go anywhere in Cincinnati and you see somebody with a purple shirt, purple shorts, immediately I go, they went to Elder. Elder, Am I right? No, definitely, yeah. It is like, so, you know, you hear all this stuff like schools that have, we bleed gold, we bleed blue. But when you hear elder bleeds purple, they really it mean that. It means something. The, am I right? Yeah. And, and so, was it like growing up, was that something that you always wanted to go to elder? Uh, yeah, definitely. I think growing up, especially in the Catholic school system, with victory and tinnitus, I mean, you knew all your friends were going to Elder, and my dad personally, he didn't, he didn't uh, grow up in Cincinnati. Where did he's grow actually up? from Indiana, northern Indiana. Okay. So he never really understood, and to this day, doesn't understand what is so good about Elder. 
Still to this day? No, nah, he, doesn't, he, doesn't, he doesn't buy into that all that stuff. But I, I don't either. My uncles went there, and they're, they're okay. all in it. My brother went there. On your, mother, on your mother's side? Yeah, my okay. mom's side, yeah. So, I mean, even my teammates up at Wright State, I'd, it was, there's Purple Fridays where you were, like, it's the only day you're out of uniform at Elder, so everyone wears purple. Yep. Or an Elder shirt of some sort. So, at Wright State in the summer, I was wearing my Elder shirt on Friday. Because it's kind of like it was a it was more of a habit. Yeah, it was ingrained in you. And every every Friday I'd come in. Oh, you're stuck in high school. You're stuck in high school. <laughs> but they didn't understand what what that meant and what it what it means to wear that purple. So I mean, they just don't get it. It it, it unless is. you go to elder, you don't understand. It's it's a purple thing. It is a purple thing. I I didn't get it. I mean, I went to high school. I went to Roger Bacon, and obviously Roger Bacon and the GCL. We we played elder, and I didn't get it. I don't think many of my friends got it, but I understood it years later. And I'll tell you a quick story. So, um, current tight end for the Minnesota Vikings, who happened to be purple, uh, Kyle Rudolph, who who went Very to Elder. With him. Uh, yes, you are. Um, Kyle, a uh, tremendous two-sport athlete from Elder, basketball and football. But I remember one time I text. Kyle and I said, "Hey, I'm coming to your game. I think they were playing Saint X. No, no, I'm sorry. They were playing Moeller. And I said, "I've got a friend coming with me, and he has a younger son. And his son, younger son, would really love to meet you because there was a story about Kyle, and um, I think he was going to. He had committed to Notre Dame yeah. at the time, and so this dad was a huge Notre Dame fan. He wanted his young son to meet Kyle. So Kyle texted me back and he said, "Deal." After the you know game or whatever, I'll come over and say hello. So I go to the pit, and I've never been to the pit. And for those out there that are not from Cincinnati, the pit is where Elder plays not only football, but they call the basketball. Yeah, the pit, yeah, the, field house. The, right. So top ten place to watch a football game. What do you say? Top ten place to watch a football game. I, I, it's in, in it's, it's nationally it's nationally ranked. I, I can't disagree with that. So I go to the pit for the first time to watch an elder. Not, it wasn't just an elder football game. It was elder versus Moeller. Yeah, which is always packed. Always packed. So east side, west side uh, rival there. So we go, and I'm like, this is bananas. Like, there were people. I mean, when I say there were people everywhere, there was, there was no way that the amount of people there they sold all the, like, if, if the sellout crowd is 7,000, there were 9,000 people 10. jammed in there. It's 10,000? 10,000. There were 13,000 people jammed in there because the area where there's a concession, there's like a LaRose's yeah. thing. I mean, there, you couldn't move. Well, that uh, the game again on ESPN runs against Cole Rain was 13,000. Was it? I mean, it was filled. Yeah. People were standing outside. It was filled to the brim. That's. Especially on a Sunday. It was yep. Labor Day. I think Labor Day was the next day, so we had mass. Yep. Like at our tailgate, oh, it was, it was crazy. It is unbelievable, and, and, and at that point, and, t and so so we're standing. <clears throat> we found a spot, so we're standing in the end zone, kind of near the where the Panther, the Black Panther is. I'm kind of standing near that area, and to our right is like, it's like a balcony, not a huge bow. Probably using a, I'll probably use a better term, but like a little edge in which they had like an alumni group there. Yeah, right, right below the scoreboard. Yes. Yeah, that's where that's where I sit during the games now too. So, it was like class of like, it was like class of like 1920. It was ridiculous, and there were, there were gentlemen there that were, like, I hate to say this, but 
they, they looked like they weren't going to be living much longer. Oh, no, like yeah. They were old, but they were there, and they had on their coats from when they were in high school, the hat. And right then and there, I got it. I said, I, I, I understand now. I, I understand this whole thing. And so now that, we, now that we've got an understanding that you're, you're going to elder the, the importance of you know, sports there at that school and for that community. You go there and you're, correct me if I'm wrong, but you're going to play, your, your goal is to play basketball and football? Yeah, I tried for baseball, but I got cut. Oh, really? Yeah. I, did, I didn't know that one. It's a little, what position? Little, little past history going on. <laughs> I was a pitcher. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I actually played for the elder coaches in uh, select ball, the West Stars. Yeah. And I quit in fourth grade, so I think they... It was a little, Hell, a little bit of garage, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's all right, though. That happens. It's for the best. So you were about, what, 5'11", going or? 5'11", 6 foot, yeah. Going into freshman year. About 160, 170 pounds. Okay, all right. And you, and you, and you were foot, were you quarterback, maybe? I was football? quarterback, yeah. Okay, okay. And um, so you, you tried out for the basketball team. Yeah, so I was backup quarterback to Peyton Ramsey in football. Which, you, you weren't, you weren't which, which is fine. <laughs> that, fine. That he, he deserved that. Right. <laughs> and then uh, basketball, I was pretty confident coming to basketball, honestly. Uh, I mean, obviously I wasn't the fastest, biggest, or strongest kid, but I thought I was good enough to make the freshman team where right. usually 17, 15, 17 guys make it. Yeah. So I think I was down to the last day of cuts, and I remember I was on the sidelines, and we were, like, scrimmaging, and, I remember they called me and a few other kids out there to play, and I'm like, right then I'm like, all right, I'm on, I'm on the line of either I'm gonna make it or I'm gonna get cut. Because obviously if they want to see more. Sure. They want to see if you can do anything else. Right. And I, I forget what happened, but I know I went out there, I played, and then I came in, I got cut, and I was, I think I was more devastated in baseball just because I always loved pitching, but basketball it was, I was like, all right, like whatever, I guess I'm gonna knock my basketball. So I was gonna play C CYO. And so I played that, like, you know, CYO is like, yeah. this is a bunch of mess around league with your friends. Right. And I wasn't going to uh, try out for basketball again. It's because I thought, all right, I'm not, I'm not going to grow anymore. I'm going to be 6'2 and mm -hmm. 190 pounds. And, and usually when you're at a school like an elder and you get cut your freshman year, yeah, it's a lot very of, difficult. Is that, yeah. And then, uh, so, I remember I was getting my hair cut at Sports Clips. And I was talking to my mom, and I'm like, I'm not playing basketball this year. She's like, no, like, all right, I think you should try out, but all right. And I knew I was going to try out again because my dad was going to make me anyway. Right. <laughs> so I went there and tried out, and uh, luckily there were three guys who got moved up to varsity. So there were about three or four extra spots. And I remember I was in the hallway, and Coach Listerman came in, the JV coach. Mm -hmm. And he came in, he's like, I was going to cut you walking in here. Really? Yeah, he said, I was going to cut you. I'm like, all right. And uh, but he's like, we're going to give you a chance. And that's, that's all I needed was a chance, really. And uh, I think I was the last kid to make the team. And then I ended up starting the first game. And I think I was the leading scorer, but I'm not, not totally sure about well, that. For, for the sake of the story, we'll say Yeah, we'll say we were. <laughs> and then uh, and from there, it just took off. That is awesome. So a, a lot of times, you know, kids usually when they get cut, get get down on not only themselves but maybe are upset about the you know the situation and don't like the coaches and say i'm yeah. not going back out but you, oh i was there every out. i didn't really held a grudge i was there every game right behind the bench 
just because all my friends played, so I had nothing to do with their school, so I'd stay there, cheer on my friends, and it was it was it was good. All the coaches said they. I remember uh, Coach Whitmer, the assistant coach, or someone, someone said, yeah, Ryan was in the stands every game, just yeah. cheering him on. Yeah, that's kind of. And like you said some, that the elder thing, it's kind of, you're just... There's something to that. Like, yeah. when you see kids, you know, do those type of things. So, okay, so that was your, your sophomore year, right? Yeah, I got, yeah. And then, so, going into your, your junior year. Talk to, talk to us about that. So, junior, or actually, was it... It was one year in the summer I went down to Sher... You know Sherwin Anderson? Mm-hmm. Yep. Point guard for X? Yep. Me and Aaron Held actually went down to, over the Rhine... In the hood? No, oh, only two white kids in the gym, I think. <laughs> and again, I was that scrawny, 150-pound kid, and yep. yeah, we played with them, and that that helped me more than almost anything. Yeah, just got me tougher, learn how to yeah, learn how to be the worst player there, but still play. Yeah, for sure. And then uh, trying to think, going to junior year, did you grow? Yeah, that's where I hit my growth was actually. I was, I think I was six. A driver's license says 6'3", 170 for my sophomore year when I was 16. Okay. And I think I went in that year like 6'6". Six, six, wow. 205, 210. Okay. Because I was trying to get bigger for football anyway because I was going to be at the tight end. Mm-hmm. So that kind of helped with my basketball. And I went in knowing that there were a few – I was going to have to beat out a senior to make the team. And I went in there. I played pretty well. I was actually never told if I was on the team or not, though. I was I was under the hoop one day and Coach Schoenfeld came out to me. He's like, "Your junior year, you were never told." I was never really told. Okay. I, I said he made a team. It was I was under the hoop and there was like scrimmaging one on. He's like, "Either you could be a really bit really big help for this team, or you could not play at all." And that was it. So I just I mean I just kept showing up until they told me not to. And yep. Luckily they didn't. But I, yeah, I didn't I didn't play that much junior year. But then right after junior year, that's when. Coach Price came up, or Coach Price might have called my dad. And I never had any interest in playing AAU. Yeah. Because I knew I didn't want to play basketball in college. I didn't really think I could. Or. Yeah. And I remember my dad's like, Coach Price called. He wants you to play AAU. And I'm like, uh, I'd rather just hang out with my friends and like be a high school kid. Yep. He's like, no, nah, I think you should give it a shot. So I missed the first tryout because we just ended our season. Yep. And I didn't really, I didn't really want to go anyway. Right. So I went to. Uh, I think it was out at St. X on like a Sunday. It was. Sunday afternoon. And oh, I loved that. I love Coach Price. I love, I mean, just playing basketball more. I mean, I always loved basketball. So that really, I mean, it helped a lot. It was, it was awesome. Now, just to kind of rewind a little bit, I saw you your junior year play a little bit. And just watching you, I mean, you had great size. Uh, looked like you could shoot the ball pretty well. And I think the game I went to, you might have played mm, seven minutes. I think it was Moeller, wasn't it? I actually made a three that game. Was it? I think I think you're at the Moeller game. I was at the Moeller game. I was. That's at the when Mueller I kind of yeah. So I think and our two bigs got into foul trouble when I came in like towards the end of the half and made a three and that kind of skyrocketed I, my playing time that game. Oh for sure. And I, I talked to I talked to uh, Coach Murphy about you and talked to Coach Price and I said, man, it'd be great for you know this kid to come play for us because I think you fit a role within what we were doing on the AU side of things that would be, would be beneficial to us and to you. Yeah. And then when you came out to the second tryout we had, I remember meeting you 
and you and one thing I'll never forget one one thing still this day I think is is you've got a tremendous like you've got a smile and I, I think when you I don't think you probably realize this sometimes but sometimes you smile and it's infectious but I remember meeting you and and you had this smile but you had like a little edge to you and well, I was voted best smile in eighth grade were you my, oh in eighth grade of, of my grade school, yeah. <laughs> how'd that work out did you get some Oh, I won. You won? Okay, good. Girls voted on it too. So the girls, we'll oh, all the women? Okay. I had to. Okay, good. So, but you had a, you had an edge, edge to you, and Co Coach Murphy was there um, at that workout, and I said to him, I said, I like that, and that's something that, based on our team we were putting together, I don't think we had that, and we needed that, that edge, and, um, and you came aboard, and, I mean, gosh, what a fun team. That AU team was so Oh, that so was a blast. Fun. Wasn't it? Coming on the team, I didn't think I'd really – I knew Nate, that was it, but me and Nate never really hung out or talked. And I, I remember the first practice, I was kind of like sitting on the outskirts of it and mm -hmm. everyone was like warming up shooting because they've already been playing together for yep. a few years. Yep. So I was like kind of the new guy and I had no idea what I was walking into. I never I never liked C.J. Fleming. Yeah. <laughs> Just being from the side, I never, I never liked him. Sure. I just thought it was annoying. And – uh no, but he was, I mean, he turned out to be one of my best friends, Emmerich. Yep. Amar, I mean, all the guys, Bealy, all of them, they were, that was a blast. That was. That was one of the best, most fun summers I've had in a while. Absolutely. It was, it was, it was fun watching you guys, watching you guys develop. And I remember we were playing in a tournament, and it was in July. It was the first live period. And I saw a couple college coaches, and they said, who should we watch? And so I was kind of giving them a, um, a rundown, and I said, you really need to watch this Ryan Custer kid from Elder. I said, he's a sleeper. No one knows about him. And I was talking about you earlier that day, and I went to a game. I'll never forget this. Chris Mack, at the time the Xavier coach, now Louisville coach, was standing at the edge of the court where we were getting ready to play. And I remember walking in, and I've known, you know, Coach Mack yeah. since I was little. And he said something to me. We talked. We said hello. And all of a sudden, and, you know, I'm not supposed to talk to the college coaches. It's kind yeah. of, you know, uh, unwritten rule. If you have a, you know, you could say hi, hi. And so I said hello, and we did that. And as I'm moving, um, I just, this uh, hand grabbed my shoulder. And I look over. It's Coach Donlin from Wright State. And he said, I love Custer. And I was like, he's, I said, I was just telling some people about him. He was like, well, stop telling people about him. <laughs> I don't want anybody to know about him. He watched your game, and I swear he was going crazy while you were playing. And you played a, you played a very good game, and I just, I just remember that. And sure enough, you end up committing and then signing to, to Wright State. Um, and, and so talk to us about that process about making a decision to go to Wright State? Oh, well, I remember in the summer, I think, uh, I remember I got an offer from Christian Brothers, mm -hmm. like I think a month into the season maybe. Well, actually Coach Price, uh, we had practiced on like a Sunday and Coach Price was like, uh, Coach Junior was gonna call you from Christian Brothers tonight. I'm like, all right, like it's awesome. Like he didn't, he called me and I was waiting, I think we practiced at like two, so obviously I went home and I'm like, just staring at my phone, waiting for him to call. <laughs> and I mean, he didn't call until like 9.30 or 10 that night, and I was freaking out, like, oh, he's not gonna call. Uh -huh. And 
obviously didn't offer me that night, but so that started it, and that was that kind of took off from there. I got a I think like five or six Division two offers, but right then I knew my dream was to play Division one. Yeah. Once I knew I could play basketball in college, I'm like I'm I want to play Division one so bad. I wasn't, but I didn't want to walk on anywhere because I didn't I didn't love basketball that much to where I could because just looking at our walk-ons right now at Wright State, I mean, I, those guys are, it's crazy. They're doing all the things we're doing, Yep. but they're paying for school. I've they're been still, there. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I yeah, it. you're paying for school, you're doing all that. It's yeah. all the workouts, and I get tired of basketball, and I'm I'm getting it for free. It's yeah. crazy. So, uh, yeah, I remember seeing, I never talked to Coach John because I wasn't allowed to, really, but uh, he'd be at all my games. I remember he was one of the only ones there. And that meant something to me, honestly. I knew, I knew he already knew what he was getting when he saw me play. And for him to keep showing up, and he'd be on his phone. Sometimes I'd, I'd, I'd look over at him. And mm-hmm. I remember I was in his office on August, I think, like, 3rd, up there for an unofficial visit. And he's like, I went to your games every time. I wouldn't watch. He said, I didn't have to watch. Because I, I just wanted to see – I just wanted you to see that I was there. Yep. But I'd, I'd watch every – Four out, four out, one in motion. Yep. But he said, yeah, I'm, I'll be honest, I was being a little selfish. I didn't want anyone else to know about you. So, I mean, no one, that's why he didn't offer me till August, which, I mean, hurt me a little bit, but in the end, obviously, it worked out. But he's like, yeah, I was being selfish. I didn't want to, if I offered you in July, then every mid-major would be like, oh, they okay, let's, let's look at him, yeah. And that's, which, which makes a lot of sense now, and think about it. And that's how the game works. Yeah. You know, so it's you, you you get all these high high division one you know mid majors and it's kind of a trickle down effect. But when when someone finds a, a sleeper or a diamond in a rough, which I I told people you were that, they're always looking for that next kid, and then it becomes a a, a strategic game for a school like Wright State. Mm-hmm. Like we don't want Ryan to blow up too much. We want him. That's why when when I saw Coach Coach D. He told me, this is my guy. And I knew it, and I never said anything to you. Um, but I knew they were going to offer you, but it was just a matter of when and, and strategically when yeah. to do it. Because then if you start getting all these other schools coming at you, then you're just like, eh, well, we'll see where Wright State falls in the shuffle. Yeah. So, yeah, I remember, uh, I think we were in Nationals. I think Miami, Ohio was there. Mm-hmm. And my brother went to Miami, so I'm like, oh, that'd be really cool if I could offer them. I'd, I can go there. It's 45 minutes from my house. Yeah. I've heard of it. Like it's fun. I didn't, I, didn't, I didn't really know anything about their basketball program, but I don't yep. think they're very good. Not, but not I'm like, that oh, time. that'd be awesome if I could get offered from that. I can go to school with my brother. And But then Coach Don was like, yeah, they can't come up to me and talk to me about you. And I just, I wouldn't say anything. Because, again, I didn't want them to. They're like, oh, you're going to offer him? He's like, I don't, I don't know. I might mm-hmm. want to see. So they didn't want to pull the trigger. Yep. So. Yep. And, and we're obviously we're going to talk about well, I still remember oh, one game, actually, a rewind. We were at uh, Sports Plus. I forget who we were playing. But I know uh, Bob Huggins was there. Yeah, that was the Adidas tournament. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think it's, yeah. He was sitting in the corner. I remember, I'm like, wow, this is crazy. I, I don't know he wasn't watching me. He was actually watching the guy I went against. Okay. And, I mean, I was giving it to this kid all game. I was <laughs> talking crap. and. Oh, yeah, you I talked I, a lot on the court. Oh, yeah. Oh, I love that. that, that but that was fired. the edge. That's yeah. what I'm talking about. Oh, that's that the edge we up. needed. Well, I remember, yeah, Coach Don was at one of my games, and he even mentioned it when I'm in our meeting. He's like, yeah, I mean, I heard you You talked enough crap where you weren't going to get in trouble, but mm-hmm. I said something about that. It just it made it, 
it made you a lot better. Yeah. But remember, Coach Huggins was sitting there, and I was like I said, I was going against a guy he was recruiting, and he actually offered him after that game, which kind of pissed me off a little bit. Did he really? Yeah. Well, well like the other coach said, he seen he probably saw what he needed to yeah. see prior to yeah. that. Yeah. But uh, he was watching him. I remember he went up to Coach Price afterwards, and he's like. I like that kid. I just don't need him in my position. Mm-hmm. I'm like, well, all you gotta do is just offer me. I'll just come in. <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, I, I, I don't have to play. I just give me an offer. But no, that was one of the most fun games I played. I remember. Yeah, absolutely. You sitting in the hallway out there after, and the coach mm-hmm. didn't know. I was sitting right there. He's like, if I was on the court, 33's teeth would have been out of his mouth. And who said that? The other. The other coach. Yeah. Oh wow. That was talking shit to him, and all oh, was a blast. Oh yeah. It was so much fun. That was that edge you had. So, you know, and and just. Going back to your last year of high school basketball, what, what were your numbers? Do you Not that great, stats? honestly. Uh, I think I had like maybe average nine and a half points. Maybe. Yeah. I led the league in rebounding, though. Yep. Which is big for me. I like that's. I think that's more important than scoring. That is, and that's. So I use, I use you as an example to kids, and I use you and and other. Um, players of our past that have gone on to get Division One scholarships or scholarships to play basketball that didn't average 20 to 30 yeah. points a game, they found another way to be successful. Like if, if your if your deal was I'm not gonna I'm not gonna have 15 points a game. I may, may have nine or 10, but I'm gonna lead the league in rebounding and and also your your potential. Yeah. I mean you had this incredible potential. You had the edge. You know. There were, there were a lot of ingredients that you had that were that screamed he'll be a very good Division I um, basketball player. So I think everyone, everyone says it, but rebounding doesn't take talent either. It's all about hustle and yep. all that. So I, I wanted to be the guy on the court that is always going to hustle, always going to go after every ball. So yep. and Especially at Wright State, with Coach Nagy, defense was always a big thing. So, I mean, I never liked taking chargers or diving on the floor at Elder. <laughs> but at right stage, yeah, you weren't gonna play. So You're in big trouble. I think I only took two charges, but I at, dove. I at dove right on, state. Yeah, that was like the most charge I've taken in my career too. <laughs> right. But I mean, I was gonna dive on every ball. I was gonna go out to every rebound because I didn't really care. I was. Yeah. I was, that was how I was gonna get playing time. So. Well, I remember watching you when you eventually go on and play at Wright State. Um, I would watch your games on the ESPN three. Yeah. Um, I could watch the games on there, and I'd, I'd watch you um, sometimes. And I'll never forget, I think I might have texted you about this. I don't know if you remember this, but I was watching one game, and you were out on the court. You had about three minutes of action. thought you played pretty well. Coach pulled you. And you were coming out, and you were just like, oh. Remember you, you texted me about that? Yeah. I did. I my body language. Your body language. And I was like, you, you can't you can't do that. I was like, you are gonna be fine. You are. I mean, you've got so much potential. You got so many years ahead of you. You have to just stay the course. You can't let that frustration um, get to you. And there are a lot of players that go through that. I, yeah. I've had this discussion with some of the UC basketball players. You know that I know that that go through those things. But just talk to us about your your experience at Wright State. So here, a dream comes true. You reach the Division One level, which a lot of kids. Don't have the. I'm listening to this right. A lot of kids that have tremendous high school numbers, yeah, don't end up playing Division One basketball. I would say, now to shorten it up even more, name a kid that got cut his freshman year that's playing Division One basketball. Yeah, 
you know, it's it just your your story is is incredible. But you, you made that dream come true. You get to Wright State. Now, what's that experience like? Uh, it was crazy coming in as a. Obviously, you come from being a senior at Elder, where you're kind of top dog, and mm -hmm. not me personally, but all the seniors. You're kind of you run the school, and then you go to Wright State, where you're just a you're a nobody. Right. You're a kid. You're a kid from the West Side that somehow found his way to Wright State in the Division One basketball program, but. I remember I came in, I knew I had a chip on my shoulder, I've always had that. And I came in and I just was going balls out for everything. I then got into a few few scrums at practice. I can imagine that. But uh it's what it took and our conditioning sucked. But I was I remember we were running sprints and there were five guys left and I was one of them. They were called five and thirties. Mm -hmm. And uh, I just I wasn't gonna quit, I wasn't gonna give up and somehow found my way into playing a little bit. Which is, I mean, that was fun. I didn't, I didn't need to play 40 minutes a game, but to say I could, I was playing Division One basketball and I was getting good minutes, not just like garbage minutes. Right. It was, it was awesome. It was, all those, those guys will be my best friends forever. Yeah. All those guys, I still talk to them to this day. No doubt. So, what would you say your numbers were like that first year? Like points? Yeah. Like one maybe. <laughs> one point a game. One point, yeah, probably. Yeah. Rebounds. Maybe two. Maybe two. Okay. But you were getting good minutes. Though. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there were times where Exactly. I didn't... That's why I, I regret it right now, but I didn't put as much time in the gym and offense and shooting as I should have because I didn't feel like that was my way on the court. Mm -hmm. I thought I had to play good defense, rebound, just guard right. my guy. And I remember I sat with uh, one of the assistant coaches, Coach Sargent, Coach Nagy, one time. I was like, like, you've been shooting. I'm like, oh, honestly, I haven't because I just... I'm like, I never thought that was my way of getting on the court. But then I realized, all right, I'm playing good defense, and then if I make a few threes, yeah, that'll boost my playing time a lot. Mm -hmm. So I started shooting the ball a lot more towards the end of the season and played really well against UIC. And from there, my minutes kind of just kept going up. Yep. So the season's over. So for, for most athletes, when the season's over, you need, you know, you need that that buffer of time to just kind of relax. Get, you say, I need to get away for a little bit, yeah. and then you say, okay, I'll get get back on the grind. So, you had that time. What do you what do you go do with your time off? Uh, obviously, we were still in school, so I'd be there during the week. But, and I live an hour from home, so I was pretty much that summer. My first summer, I was home a lot of weekends, pretty much every weekend because I had graduation parties and all that kind of stuff. And then after the season, I didn't see my friends for, was it six months or so? Yeah, so for sure. And we had the weekends off, so on Fridays, I'd go visit my friends and hang out to see them. And we'd have, we'd have workouts and stuff during the week and lift, but then we'd have the weekends free to do whatever we wanted, so I'd either go home or go somewhere and visit. And you decide to go visit um, Miami Oxford. Yeah, me and two of my teammates actually went there that day. Okay. And so just, just take us through, and you don't have to get, you know, all in the detail oh, about yeah. this, because I, like I told you before we started, that's not the point of this podcast, but if you just want to take us through just, just some small details um, of what happened that day. Yeah. Was we, it April 8th? April 8th, 2017, yeah. Uh, we got there probably 10, 30, 11. We were just hanging out. One of their friends actually made breakfast, so we were just eating, hanging out in the front yard. And uh, one of my buddies, he's a great older than me, he went to Elder. He's like, yeah, our frat's having the biggest party of the year. So like, yeah, it's cool, we'll go. Mm -hmm. And we were there, I was in the corner. I think I might have took a pee in the woods real quick. 
and I'm like, I'm going to go in the pool right there. Mm-hmm. A makeshift pool has been Yeah, created. it was like uh, with hay bales and tarps and stuff, and yeah, that's when it kind of happened. Yeah. So that happens, um, and that was what, around 4 o'clock? Yeah, like 3.30 or so. 3.34, and I find out about it. Um, when, I, Like I said, I'm at an AU game, and I find out about it. The crazy thing is, and you might not remember this, but you had texted me that week. You had texted me, and I actually pulled that text up, and I showed Coach Murphy when he told me, you know, that something happened to you. You texted me and said, dude, I love the uniforms. They look sweet. We had texted about the yeah. uniforms that week. The shiny star right there. Yes, we, we, sh- we did. And I was like, no, no, no. We just talked. Like, it's just one of those things where when something like, ha- something like that happens, you just don't want to believe it. Yeah. You know, you're just like, no, no, no I just talked to them. Just, yeah, you don't think, yeah. It can't, can't be true. So um, I, I'm sure you don't remember do you remember it actually happening? No, I remember like, everything. Yeah, do you I remember, remember everything? Because some yeah, people so I was, don't. No, yeah. So I was getting, I remember I was, I kind of, I was above water and I went below. Or I was below and I came up. Mm-hmm. And I like went to get out and I, I literally, I couldn't move. I, every breath was like out of my body, I felt like. And thankfully somebody was there and kind of just pulled me out. Which, I mean, in the long run didn't help. But I mean, I had to get out of the water. Yeah. Otherwise you would have drowned. No, would have drowned, yeah. yeah. And it wasn't that, wasn't that high of water, but. If I'm laying down, it's kind of so. Yeah, I was out, and I remember. I think I. I want to say I had my shorts off. So I didn't want to get them wet. And I'm oh, laying wow. on the ground, and like there's like hundreds of people crowding around me, and I can't talk. Well, I can talk, but I'm just like a whisper almost. Uh huh. And I was like calling for my friends. I know that was like the one kid I knew that was there for sure. And he came over, and I'm like, I need my pants. I'm like, put my pants on me. You use your pants down. No, I had my underwear on. Okay. So I didn't leave my shorts wet. Okay, gotcha. It was stupid, but. Gotcha. I, yeah, so I'm like, I need my pants on. Like, yeah, all right, yeah, we'll get that. And the next thing I know, I think I kind of like, I might have passed out like right there. So I remember next thing I know, I was like in the ambulance going to the, uh, uh, like the airport to take the helicopter. When you When you were laying there and people were around you, you couldn't move anything. No, I was trying, yeah, I literally couldn't, it was, it was. The weirdest feeling ever. How, I mean, that's got to be a scary... Yeah, because I didn't really know what... That's not the first thing I thought of. was like, oh, I, I broke my neck. I thought, I don't even know what I was thinking, really. But yeah, it was just, I mean, it was crazy. Yeah, so the ambulance takes you, um, and they airlift you. Yeah, in the helicopter, yeah. So to university, and then your, your, your family shows up, and um, when you're in the hospital, your family comes, and, and they talk to you. Well, mm-hmm. What was that conversation like? Uh, that was tough. Um, I remember I was being wheeled in, and I could only obviously I could only see up. So I'm laying there, and all of a sudden I see my parents like to my left. And I remember all I all I was saying was I'm sorry. I, was, I, I didn't know what else to say to them. I couldn't. Yeah. And I was crying hysterically, and I was I was apologizing. And uh, they put me in like a room. It was all dark. They put me in a room. I think kind of like to wait for surgery. Mm-hmm. And. My little sister came in, my brother came in. Unfortunately, Danielle, my older sister, was in New York, but I know she'd give anything to be there. Sure. And she was actually there like the next day or two. Mm-hmm. And I was talking to him, and I was conscious. I was not perfectly fine, but I was, I was breathing. I was 
living. So I was, sure. it was, it was, yeah, it was, it was a crazy few hours. Yeah. And then um, you had surgery right away. Yeah. That night at like two, two in the morning, maybe. Mm-hmm. And then I woke up the next day with a tube down my throat. That was like, breathe, like helped me breathe. Right. Right. That was like the most uncomfortable five days of my life. Oh, I, I, I couldn't imagine. And <laughs> so when did the doctors come and, and tell you what was wrong? I, I, I'd assume they would. But I honestly don't remember. Like mm-hmm. if they, I don't think they really ever told me. I kind of I think I kind of just figured it out. I'm assuming they told me though, but yeah, I don't really remember what, what exactly that conversation was. Yeah. So at, at, at one point, you know, Coach Price and I were, were, were coming back and forth to the hospital. We hadn't seen you yet. You know, we were just, you know, talking with your, your parents, yeah. getting updates and stuff like that. At the same time, you know, it's, it's, it's a tough balance whenever somebody you're close to, you know, has, goes through something like this and, and your family. It's like myself, Coach Price, and other people are concerned, but we don't want to bug and bother. Exactly, yeah, that's know. how kind of everyone was, I think. Yeah, it was like, it's like there's a happy balance between yeah. the, the, and so we were, Coach Price and I talked about it and said, you know, let's not go over there every second of the day, but, yeah. you know, pick oh, and there choose were people our spots. Are, there were people there every second, though. I, I know. One of your teammates yeah, was Mike, there, Mike? Mike was there. A lot of my teammates came down. But, yeah, I think because Mike was out of school. Mm-hmm. I don't, it might have been working. I don't know, but, yeah, he was, if he worked, he came there at the work every day. Yep. All my elder friends are there every day, my cousins. I mean, it was, the support was just, it was insane. Were you, were you surprised that I came to the hospital um, the one day when I found out I could actually go see mm-hmm. you? And they said only, I think, maybe two or three. Two at a time. Two at a time. Yeah. Two at a time. And I come and I get to the waiting room and I'm like, whoa, there are a lot of people here. Oh, I was yeah, like, was... I might not be able to see them today because there's no way I'm ahead of, oh, then, these, yeah. these are like, people that have been like with you from from the from the giddy up so I'm just like let me just chill and, and do my thing so I was just like wow and I said to somebody I was like yeah and they were you think you're I think it was your mom and someone else they were telling us about all the people that were reaching out and I'm like it's just amazing how you live life and you're going doing your day-to-day thing and you don't realize how many people care about you how many people even know who you are? Yeah. And it's just like. I think that was the biggest thing was who would, not who knows me, but like people from different states. And uh, I remember Mike, Mike actually like tweeted something out about my, the GoFundMe thing. Mm-hmm. And uh, he was uh, the wrestler from Ohio State. I think his name's Kyle Schneider maybe. Okay. He like retweeted a tweet about it. Or he might have like responded to it and then you know, Big Cat from Barstool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He retweeted. Yeah. I mean, it was just. And you're just like. Whoa. And it was like, why? Why would they care about some? Yeah. Nineteen-year-old kid from the West Side that like this happened to us. Right. So you know, it was it was nuts. I mean, it's just amazing. We we saw. Listen, we've seen prior to you, Lauren Hill. Yeah. You know who goes and plays basketball at Mount St. Joe and then. I was at that game at Xavier that day. It was. How about that? That was crazy. Was that not the one of the most emotional? That was awesome. Man. I was like, I don't know I've this girl. Heard, I've never heard a stadium louder than it was unbelievable. when she made that basket. That was crazy. Un- Still to this day, I've been to a lot of sporting events. Yeah. That by far is the number one Oh, that's definitely one of the event, coolest. Yeah, right? that, was, that was awesome. And, but, but, but just the amount of, you know, 
people that, that poured out their heart and soul into her and, and just with you, we, I, I saw it and I saw, I saw it start to develop and you probably didn't because you just didn't have the access. I don't think you had access to your phone. I'm sure people were filling you no, in. I, I couldn't. I think I like, I think I checked my phone like a week or so later, there were like 8,000 texts. <laughs> I, I even texted you and I'm like, why did I just text him? He's not going to ever oh, there were A lot of them in my group chat with my friends and my teammates, but I think there were like 8,000. It was, it was nuts. Unbelievable. But you know, it's just like. I think I read every single one of them too. Did you? Oh, you had, you I had didn't respond, but I had a lot of time, but yeah, it was. That helps it was, you. It was so cool. I, I bet. But I, I just remember, <clears throat> so, so then, as I was saying before, you never know who knows you. So that happens to you, and then people know that I know you, and I'm connected with you. So now I have a whole community of people that are now concerned about you that are reaching yeah. out to me every single day. My Facebook DMs blew up with people like you know and I'm friends on Facebook with coaches with just news people media everyone sending me messages and I'm just like listen I don't know all the details I don't want to tell you anything yeah yeah you know I said as, as I get things yeah, I will, there was some stuff out there that was false oh yeah I remember fake I was, news exactly I remember I was <laughs> sitting in uh I was laying in my bed with my dad the next day I think we just got done watching the Masters and some guy came on the news. It was like, yeah, he jumped off a roof. I'm like, that, that didn't happen. I, I heard all that. Like, yeah. that was, that's crazy that, that that it happens and something like that comes out of it. So That's that's what happens, though. Yeah. It's, oh, yeah. It's, that's why I'm like, ah, oh, people probably think I'm just so stupid. Who's <laughs> right. jumping in a one-foot pool off a roof? Like, yeah, right. right. I'm not that dumb. I mean, and, that, and that started when I, was at, when I was at Sports Plus that day when Murph told me something happened to you. Then all of a sudden, all these rumors... It yeah. Was, first, it was you were in a huge car accident going to Miami, and that was like the the first part. But then it just starts growing legs, and people are <clears throat> making stuff up. Um, but you just said something. I I do want to not forget and point out. You said something about the Masters. You said yeah. your dad you were watching the Masters, and you're a Tiger Woods fan. Big Tiger Woods guy. And I thought about I thought about you before this podcast. Because I was thinking about Tiger Woods and his situation yesterday. Tiger wins the Tour Championship, right? His yep. 80th victory, right? He lost by half point to win the whole FedEx Cup, which is like a, it was like 30 points, was like half a stroke. Uh huh. It's crazy. And, and the, so the moment when Tiger, and you saw this, when he was when he was walking and he was going up to the green to eventually do his putt to, to win it that crowd oh that was i remember i'd send a text to my friends i'm like this is wild yeah we've never seen I mean, it's like, like golf. it's like uh oh what's it happy gilmore mm -hmm. when he's walking up to the green and everyone floods right around the green i mean i don't think that was allowed to happen yesterday but they're like we're not going to stop him we can't stop this was, oh every if you watch any of his golf tournaments any that gallery that he brings i mean it's one of the most popular sports Yep. Fan bases in the world now. No, no it doubt. Is, it is, I'd give anything to watch tournament him. Will I? So if you look at, as he's through that crowd, and he's walking to that green, Ryan, and these people are running. Now, 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 now golf is a quote-unquote classy sport. There are unwritten rules, and you, you act gentleman-like and, and lady-like, and these people lost their mind, right? Oh, yeah, they're... 
So he's walking and he has to, Tiger has to be looking around, thinking about, I had the incident, you know, back in Orlando, then I had the prescription pill incident that's on video and all this stuff, and now he's been through the injuries, and he's like, like that's kind of all. But what I got from it, <clears throat> which I thought about you is, is he's walking, just what he's been through, all the support he had walking with him. And I want to say that you've had that as well. So as you go through this journey that you're going on and you look, you just look around you, you've got all these people in the gallery. Oh, yeah. Am I right? No, yeah, definitely. It's, that's, that's kind of keeps me going is I know I got, I have people out there that one don't know me, but still wake up every day and pray for me. Yeah. And I know I can't give up because if I give up, then what does that show those people that, oh, I was a phony, I was, Whatever, and obviously it's for myself too. I don't want to give up just because I want to have a good life. I want to have, I want to get married, have kids, yeah, do all that. I want to be the same person I was. I just can't walk. Right. So to wake up every day and it's just, it's tough. I mean, there's days where I sit there and I'm like, oh, this sucks. Like, mm -hmm. sitting in my house, I can't really do anything. But then I just think, oh, my family's there for me. My friends are there. My teammates are there. My coaches are there. They want me to be involved in everything. It's just, I mean, it. It helps. It helps more than they they'll ever know. Sure, no, without a doubt. And <clears throat> I know on the AAU side of things. So this season, when we were creating our uniforms, I was actually talking to our our designer, and we were talking about um, when we design our uniforms, our numbers are always kind of important, mm -hmm. and and what we do with the numbers. And then one thing led to another, and we started talking about you, and number thirty three, mm -hmm. and. Um, we had the idea that, you know, we would make a 33 for every single team in your honor and, you know, whatever kid, you know, wanted to, to wear it or whatever the case was, they could. And, and the amount of kids that probably have never met you in your life, when I pre it's, it's so funny, like I present stuff and you just wonder, do kids really get it? They're so yeah. caught up in their own life, social media and all this stuff. And when I said it, man, you should saw the reaction of some kids like, I want to wear it. Like, I want to wear it. And Anthony Holmes. From Elder, yeah. From Elder. He was like the first, like, he texted me. He was like, look, I don't know who else asked you, but, like, I've never bothered you about anything, but I, I need to be the one that wears that. And so, and then his dad texted me, and I said, I, I got you. You can wear that because there were a couple other kids. But, um, you know, that's, 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 that's cool that's important and also it gives me it makes me look at it like there are some really good people out there as much as we oh, get yeah, frustrated was, with yeah. life it was uh i remember when you texted me that and you said yeah we used to use 41 because it's yours yeah i know how much that means to you yeah number 41 and that being the jersey and from a kid who played there for one spring and didn't even want to play <laughs> to that to that happening it was it was it was insane. That was that was awesome. Yeah, no, I appreciate you, you doing that. That was awesome. Yeah, no, no, you you, you deserve it. And I, I I think what what really hit me was like our kids really got it. Like they understood. And I always worried do do kids really understand like what you've been through and like what you're gonna have to go through. And really, so many of them had said things to me, and I'm like they they understand this. So with that being said, do you have like a message for 
young players out there, young people that are playing mm -hmm. sports, just, just, just living life. I mean, do you have anything? Um, I mean, obviously the really cliche one is you can't give up. Yeah. I mean, I know it's, again, it's really cliche, but for me, it, it actually, it means something. And, uh, to wake up every day, and I know life's hard and you're going to have struggles. You might, even from the smallest things, you might, oh, your car might break down, whatever. You just, you always got to think there's something better out there and there's always, some good is going to happen. My mom, I remember said, uh, in one of the, one of the interview, she's like, you've done so much for other people through this that I know God's going to repay you one day. Mm -hmm. And I truly believe that. I've, not that I, I want to be that guy that, oh, because I did something for you, you give something to me back. Right. Like, that's not me, but I think I have inspired a lot of people just by the way I've I lived agree. and by the way I've carried myself. I've always I've been brought up in a good family where I've always been taught to be a good kid and yep. do the right things. And people will come up to me, oh, I pray for you every day. Like, it's crazy. And I know that I've changed their life. Maybe something bad had happened to me for me to do it. Yeah. But at least I know that I've impacted somebody in a positive way. And if you can do that, then your life's going to be way better. Do you think you've changed as a person? Um, obviously, we all change. We grow. We, we mature. But do you, you think you've changed a lot? I'm still a little, like, a little shit. <laughs> my friends and my, my, friends and my family said, edge. yeah, so I still mess around with my family and friends and make fun of people. I mean, it's just, yeah. but I mean, personally, yeah, I think I've, not that I've changed, but I've definitely, I've grown at a faster rate than I would have thought. Mm -hmm. I remember I broke my nose my uh, junior, actually right before, uh, right in June mm -hmm. of AAU. And I had a, I remember I had something on my nose and I'm like, this, this sucks. I sat in my basement all week. I just, I didn't want to see anybody. Yeah. And when I got hurt, my mom, my mom was like, my dad maybe was like, yeah, we were kind of shocked you took it this way because when you broke your nose, you were, you were depressed. You <laughs> right. didn't want to be anybody. I'm like, yeah, but this is a little different. I got to, it's some bad happened, but I got to accept it. And I got to try to do something good with it. I got to try to make my life better. I know I can. And I just got to keep going and nothing's going to stop me now. I'm already this far in. And like, like I, we started the podcast with, the name of the song from Big Daddy Kane was Ain't No Stopping Us Now. Yeah. Uh, so tell us how you're feeling now. Like where, where are we at now? Uh, physically not. I mean, I'm getting a lot stronger. I'm just not getting much back. But that's I'm kind of working with what I have, which, which is fine. I mean, I'm learning. It's kind of a new life. It's, uh, I was actually thinking about this the other day. It's kind of weird. Right when I came home, it was all crazy, and we were just searching for normalcy in our life, like mm -hmm. get back to just being a family, being normal, doing things regular. And now it's like I kind of have a routine where it's it's normal. It's normal now to do this do the stuff I do now. It's yeah. the way I get up, the way I go to bed, the way I eat, the way I do everything. It's you don't you don't sit there and second guess it. You kind of just do it because sure. it's yep. like you you wake up, you brush your teeth, you do all that stuff. Like I, I do the same thing, but. Obviously, at the beginning, it was different because it's like, all right, how are we going to do this? How are we going to attack this? But mm -hmm. now that you kind of get a routine, it's not, I'm not going to say it's easy because it's definitely not easy, but it's, it's normal, I feel like now. Right. And you're just going to have to accept that and do what you can with it. Now, I remember being in the hospital and talking to you, and 
you know, you, you couldn't move your arms. And I think at that time, you didn't have feeling. Was it you didn't have feeling in your arms? No. Yeah. And now, as you sit here, you know, you've got shoulder movement. You're moving your arms. Yeah, I've definitely come a long way from where I started. I, I don't see that every day because not me or my family doesn't see that really because we're together all day. But, mm -hmm. like, I haven't seen you in a few months. And right. Even my, uh, I work with the therapist at therapy the other day that was pretty new. And she's like, it's, I think I saw her back in April of last year. And now, now, and it's like, it's crazy how far you've come. Like, yeah, I don't see it again because I'm doing it every day. But just it's the little things, the little victories that mean so much now and carry me through the day. Sure. And I remember coming to visit you, uh, drove to Chicago. Yeah. When you were, when you were doing your, uh, um, I think you got this, was it the stem cell in Chicago? Stem cell in, at Rush in Chicago. Chicago, that's yeah. right. I remember, remember coming there, because then you went to Denver, right? Did I went to, to RIC, or it's called Shirley Ryan, the building lab now, and that was kind of a mess. <laughs> so, I, yeah, I went to Denver at Craig, which is the best decision we've made. It was awesome. Yeah, that's, that's good. And, and So what's your, okay, so we, we, we know your situation um, now. You've, you've got mobility with your your arms and your your legs do you have you have feeling no no feeling in them i mean it's weird like i'll say like i feel something but it's more of like it feels like like your legs are asleep like when you get that fuzzy feeling yeah. mm -hmm. like i i'll say i feel that my dad's like oh i thought you couldn't feel i'm like well it's like it's a different feeling like i know you're i know you're hitting it or whatever yeah 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 so it's different but no nothing like to the touch gotcha so it, it you have hope <laughs> that you'll be able to use your legs again? I mean, yeah, obviously I, I do, that's what I want. But I mean, right now I'm more focused on getting my upper body just so I can do more with that. Mm -hmm. But uh, yeah, obviously that's the end goal, but yeah, who knows? And what are the doctors telling you about that? Nothing, I don't really go to the doctor. The therapist? Uh, they don't really, nobody really knows exactly. Uh, I mean, it's kind of just a waiting game really. Yeah, gotcha. So, and one thing I wanted to, you, you said this earlier, and it was just part, actually part of my notes, and that is when you wake up in the morning. Now, I know for me and some of my friends, when, when we wake up, it's like, okay, I got to go do this, I got to go do yeah. that, you know, and you, you talked about you getting up, there's some, you know, you're, 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 you have a kind of a normal pattern. However, do you wake up and forget that this has happened? Um, not really forget, but I'll like, I'll be sitting there and it's like, okay, I, I, I can do this. I know I can. It's just physically, it's like, it's tough. Mm -hmm. I'm like, I'll sit there. I'm like, all right, use it. Holding my phone is so easy, but like, I can't do it. So it's like, I won't forget, but it's like, sometimes I'll just like, maybe not, not, not want to think it's, it's true. Because mm -hmm. I was in Denver in a... Sometimes I was sitting outside by myself, and I was just like, oh, no, I'll be fine. Like, two weeks I'll go home, and I'll be perfectly fine. But then it's like, oh, shit, no. It's like. You really were thinking that? Yeah, it was, yeah. It was crazy. I'm like, oh, okay, I'll be, I'll be back to normal in yeah. a year. Yeah. And then I sit here in a year, and I'm like, all right, next year. <laughs> right. Ne but you gotta next year's your year. But you have, to, you have to have that mentality. Yeah. You have to and I'm not like, I don't sit there, and I'm like, oh, this sucks. Like, my life's over. Like, I'm not depressed about it. I've never. Right. Not one time have I sat there and like, like thought like, physically I want to like harm myself or anything like that. It's like I don't, just because I have such a good support system and I know I you always do. will. You do. That it's never gonna, 
That, that'll never cross my mind. That's, that's, that's good. That's back to that, that gallery we talked yeah. about with, with Tiger. You have that support system. And there, there's, there's pictures of you on the Internet um, that I think your sisters posted and just other people within your family of just, like, events. And you're there, and there's just, like, massive amount yeah. of people around you. I'm like, I, I, got a, I got a big family, too, which helps. But You do. You do. Yeah. And a great, great family. Yeah. You know, a, lot of, a, lot of, a lot of people that love you, that's for sure. Um, who, when, it, when this happened, who are either maybe some famous people that reached out, uh, some famous people you saw? Uh, I remember one of the first, like, well, actually, I was in, no, I was in UC, yeah, like the second week, maybe. Uh, my older sister's best friends with Alex Welch. Mm hmm. Uh, if you know, played at Notre Dame. Yeah, he went to Elder. He went yeah. to Arlie Victor, my grade school, and uh, I've always been been a big Tyler Eifert fan. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, and that's like one of his best friends. Okay. So I guess he called him, and yeah, within like I think a day or two, he was at the hospital and really gave me a signed jersey. It was it was it was really cool. That's cool. And are you a Bengals fan? Yeah, I'm a big Bengals okay. fan. All right. And then uh, obviously Jeff Ruby reached out, and I mean it was. What he did for me was awesome. He yeah. had that fundraiser and yep. the amount of big name people that donated stuff was I couldn't even wrap my head around it. I think Kenny Chesney put a guitar, Garth Brooks, uh Wow. Um that old country, huh? Yeah, I ain't kidding. <laughs> uh Rick Patino, a lot of John Kyle Perry, a lot of coaches. Wow. College coaches, just like yeah, absolutely. We'll send tickets. Send money to my GoFundMe. I mean, it was that that GoFundMe blew up. Yeah, we were. My mom actually didn't want that to happen. She was. Uh, I remember. I was sitting. Yeah, in she was. I think she was pretty upset about it. But our family friends actually was like, "No, like we got to do this." Yeah. And obviously, we weren't. We weren't looking for people to just give us money. Yeah. And that's why my dad even said he's like, "No one has to do it. Like, we're just gonna put it out there and see what happens." Like, obviously. My care is going to be expensive, and if people want to help, that's fine. If they don't, then that's fine too. Then we're not putting out there and saying, "All right, everyone, give Ryan money." We're not going to, yeah, yeah. Like you better give money or else whatever. Like we weren't going to do that. And yeah, I mean the people that donate money. I mean, some people that, again I don't know. Yeah. Some of my friends, a lot of people were anonymous. I mean, it was again as a 19 year old kid, you can't wrap your head around that. I was I was amazed because um, I was at the hospital. I was in the waiting room when it was being discussed, and your mom, like you said, was really against it. Yeah. And there were people there that said, "No, this is a good thing." Yeah. And I, I think your mom changed her tune from a standpoint that after that first day or two, when it had blown up, she was like, "This is unbelievable," <laughs> and I think it, it it lifted her spirits. Oh, it lifted everybody knowing that. They weren't going to come to the hospital every day and just sit in my room and not talk. Yeah, it was good that there were people out there at all. Like always, again, they didn't have to be there. Yep, I wouldn't have disliked if they weren't there. But the fact that they would come and just not even that they would see me all the time because they they wouldn't. Mm -hmm. They just come and sit and just know knowing for my family that people were there always and people cared enough. I think that that carried us through it. Yeah. That helped tremendously, and it would have been tough going there and sitting in the hospital room and not talking, but mm -hmm. to have 50-plus mm -hmm. people in the waiting room every day, I mean, it just yep. 
It was awesome. Yeah, for sure. And your your mother and father are obviously tremendous people. Yeah, they're, they're awesome. They are. They are like, I, I just I'll never forget the first time we came to the hospital with Coach Price, and then thereafter, you know, the next two or three times that I came on my own, um, just their appreciation for me yeah. and others coming. I mean, just, just tremendous hospitality. But, you know, there's something that really struck me was I was watching a video about you on YouTube and your dad was talking. And I think your, your dad, I think, summed it up for probably almost every parent out there that has a kid. Your dad said, and said it, he was tearful when he was saying this, he said, I would, I would trade situations with Ryan. Yeah. He said, any day of the week, I, I, would, I would be happy to switch, you know, switch roles. And, you know, that's the sign of a good or a great parent. Yeah. You know what I mean? So you, you take that in your support system. And, and like you said, you got to look at it and say, I, I, I do have a great life. Oh, I got a great life. I got, I have everything in front of me. I know I'm, obviously it happened really young, which took away my, maybe my basketball career and all that, but I mean, basketball was going to end sooner or later anyway. Yeah, that's and, true. And uh, I've made great friends at Wright State, yep. great role models, great people to look up to, and it stretches all the way to the AD. They've been, I mean, you go to a school like Wright State where it's a little smaller, so you get to know everybody. And we were over at the AD's house for dinner. I mean, uh, it was he reaches out all the time. The assistant athletic director reaches out to me all the time. They'll do literally anything to help me. And that's awesome to have that up there and always know that they're going to care for me up there. It, it again it helps. It helps tremendously. I keep saying that, but it really does. And you you became during the NCAA tournament. You know. Um, period there you 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 were highlighted I mean you you became the uh, the inspiration yeah I wish the team got highlighted a little more but yeah they <laughs> they gave me some face time they they did you you got a, you got a lot of love man you gotta you gotta appreciate that yeah definitely now, and I told you this and I, I I'm, I'm gonna tell you this on air and I'm gonna tell you this off air when things like this happen another door opens and I I, I, I do think you you should really take a hard look and I'm sure Wright State would be happy to help you with this or talk to you about this but it would be really cool to hear you or see you whatever the case might be doing games doing you know play-by-play -play or color commentary on Wright State games or things in general because I know you love the game I know you love being around you know the guys but I think you would be good at it because you like to you know you like to talk as well yeah I've always kind of thought about that I've always before I've kind of always wanted to get into coaching, so yeah, anything that's keen around sports, that'd be for sure. That'd be really cool. For sure, that 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 or coaching, I think would uh, that would be great. Let's uh, let's jump into a couple pop culture topics uh, for right now. We just I mentioned Tiger Woods earlier. Do you think Tiger Woods can win a major? Yeah, I mean he's. You watch some of the games this or one of the some of the rounds this year. He's, I mean he's two shots behind it's just yeah even if he doesn't win a major I think having Tiger Woods back in golf is good for the sport of golf golf needs it's Tiger Woods perfect for yep. the sport of golf I mean just yesterday there were NFL games on I'm sure there were so many more people watching yep because Tiger was in the hunt 
No doubt. Or, or, or leading yesterday, but even if Tiger's in the top five, people are going to tune in and watch. I don't. I'd, I'd watch him if he was plus eight. I, don't, I wouldn't care. Yeah, you, just you, watching Tiger, Tiger play fan. golf. It is. It's it's. The, again, like I said, the greatest fan base I think in sports. Now I feel like golf. Golf doesn't have anybody coming up like Tiger, and I, I know he's a generational talent. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's not there's not another LeBron in the NBA. However, I think one of the problems that golf faces is that. They don't have a lot of polarizing, um, polarizing players with, with, within their um, mm-hmm. tour. So, for example, you look at football, you look at basketball, you look at baseball. There's some characters oh, yeah. that make you go back. It's almost like a, a sitcom or a reality show where you go back. I mean, oh, um, Odell Beckham Jr.'s got the hair. You never know what he's going to do. He's going to do it. Yeah, like a Jalen Ramsey, you never know what he's going to say. It's like exactly. Yeah, because like you said before, golf is a, supposed to be a gentleman's sport where it's yeah. All right, you may get shot, you you barely clap or hear him, but I think nowadays with all social media and all that, where Tiger where players can connect with fans. Yeah. I think it's sooner or later it's going to change. Whether that's just with Tiger, but I think also the new guys coming up, golf is in a great great spot right now they're gonna need that they yeah. really are because it's 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 hard to fill Tiger's shoes because when he was away from the sport I mean they they were saying that you know ratings had dipped a lot oh yeah I, I mean, remember they, uh I was watching that one of the tournaments I think it was a PGA championship that was in St. Louis and they had record crowds that Sunday because again Tiger was four strokes back yep and I remember they showed a video of him walking to the uh clubhouse at the end of his round and looking down over that railing I mean I've never seen anything like it in golf mm-hmm. I mean it was absolutely packed yeah to the brim yeah I think they I think it was record crowds but yeah it was yeah people were going bonkers well another another polarizing athlete LeBron James has made his decision to go on to the Los Angeles Lakers, which I predicted on this podcast a month before it happened. I need to make sure I put that out. The only reason I, I talk about that is because people told me I was crazy. I'm like, Le- LeBron is perfect in L.A. for what he wants to do and build his, build his brand. Now, when you heard he was going to L.A., what were your thoughts? Personally, I'm not a LeBron guy. Okay. I don't like LeBron. Okay. Personally, you don't like he, him as a basketball personal, player? Personally, I think he's soft. <laughs> I do. The guy, the guy plays no defense. I was, always, I was more of a Kobe guy. Okay. But throughout the entire thing, I never – I watched it, but I was, I'm not a big, like, I got to watch every second of it. But I would see the big stories. Yeah. I would like to see him go to the 76ers. Okay. So it'd be uh, Warriors – in Houston in the West. Okay. And then you had the Celtics versus Philly in the East. Okay. So you knew at least going to the playoffs, the conference championship and the NBA Finals is going to be a good round. So you're looking for but the now, balance. yeah, exactly. Because I'm gotcha. a, I don't have a favorite team in the NBA, so I was looking for like, oh, what's going to be fun to watch now? Right. With LeBron in the West, I mean, the West is going to win every year, whether it's the Warriors, Rockets, or Lakers. I, I still think. 76ers are good. They're still good. They're, 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 but I, I, think I think adding LeBron, I would oh, say add, adding LeBron to every, you could add LeBron to the, the Hornets. Right. Maybe. And they would. They'd be the best in the league. They, they'd just, jump yeah. up. Yeah, without a doubt. 
I think for, for LeBron, you have to look at beyond um, basketball for what he's trying to do. I think he has a bigger vision because, like you said moments ago, um, you can only play basketball so long. Yeah. And it, it ends sooner than later. And yeah, for, for him, I don't know, though. For him, he's he done it. He's, he's 70. I mean, he's done the, I mean, him and Brady, um, you know, on that plan of they're taking care of their bodies and they're yeah. putting millions of dollars. I think LeBron's body's a little better than Brady's, though. I would say. <laughs> from, the, from the pictures I've been seeing. I would, I would say so. But, you know, he, he's, he's done Brady's that. Got the, Brady's got the hotter wife, though, I think. Got him beat. I don't even, I, I haven't seen Brady's wife. Giselle? Um, in a while. She's still, I'm oh, sure she's, she's still gorgeous. strong. Yeah. LeBron's wife's. J-Lo takes the cake, though. J-Lo? Oh, gosh. That's your, might, that's your favorite. Oh, she might be one of the hottest chicks on the planet. <laughs> that's a fact. You got you to gotta fight A-Rod over that. I know, but. You got him? You can take him? Not now, but. Yeah, right. Back in my prime. <laughs> you got, I'm sure you could. Um, so, do you, let me ask you this question. Do you think LeBron will eventually win a championship in L.A.? Ah, that's tough. Um, I think he'll definitely, he'll be in the, maybe not this year, next year he will be in the, one, I should say one of the years he'll be in the finals, two, maybe two. Okay. And I think when he gets there, yeah, he's going to win one, but I mean, it's going to be tough to beat the Warriors, obviously, with, I'm hoping Kevin Durant leaves, because I don't, again, I don't like Kevin Durant, I think he's soft. Jeez, do you like anybody? I'm, I'm a big Steph Curry guy. Okay. Just because I, I would think you did like cause, Steph well, Just because he's changed the game, I feel like. He has. He's he's so fun to watch. I that's why that's that. why I like watching the Warriors. I don't necessarily like the Warriors. I'd root against them. I'd root for them if they were playing LeBron, obviously. Mm -hmm. But I, I I like Steph Curry just because I think they're so fun to watch. Him and Clay Thompson shoot. I mean, it's. Oh yeah, yeah, for sure. They could shoot from half court, and obviously you're at the edge of your seat because you know it might go in. Yep. Well, see, this is the way I look at it. I have to look at it as, um, so LeBron with L.A., I, I really think the Lakers are a better team. They will be a better team than people are giving them credit for. Yes, they're young, but I think that's a challenge that LeBron will do well with. I think that's part of why he wanted to go there, because he wanted to, he I, wanted I, to get, back, get them back on the map. I agree. Of being it, where the second greatest player put them. To, I'm sorry. Oh, you're talking about Kobe? Yeah. Okay, gotcha. Okay, I'll leave, I'll leave that alone. Um <laughs> <laughs> so, but now it comes out yesterday that Anthony Davis has signed to LeBron's uh, management team. Oh, so, yeah. so LeBron's team now manages Anthony Davis. And guess when Anthony Davis's contract comes up, guess where he'll probably look at going? The, the Los Angeles Lakers. That changes really? the yeah. whole. And you have to think about this with Golden State. There's no way they're going to be able to keep all those pieces together for a long period of time. I think isn't Durant's contract yes. ending like this year? Maybe? I think it's. I think it's well, after Clay this Thompson, season. He's he could be At going all. somewhere in a max contract too. I mean th that can change yeah. very quickly. And then the, the Rockets are doing well, but CP3's you know older. Um, you just don't know where where that team would be. So. I mean, LeBron could be in the finals once, once again, very soon. So we'll we'll see. Yeah. But but one thing I did I also wanted to mention, as we talked about music before, I know you're not a big hip hop guy, but recently, um, you know, Midwest guy, Pittsburgh, born and raised, uh, Mac Miller, hip hop artist, uh, was dating Ariana Grande for a little bit. Yeah. Um, 
I'm not sure your feelings on her. Uh, no, you don't have one. Okay, because I, I was thinking. I mean, I was thinking about J Lo and then Ariana. Maybe not. So, um, so Mac Miller uh, recently passed away from a from a drug overdose. I don't believe that the autopsy report has come out with all the full details. Yeah, I haven't heard anything. Yeah, and it's and, and you know it's sad. And I was thinking about something you said earlier, and that was you have a great life. You know, regardless of you know, where you are now physically, but you have a great life. And I think about Mac Miller and I think about a lot of other young people who are into drugs, prescription pills, smoking weed, doing different things to kind of make up for something else they might not have, yeah. you know, in their life. Or kind of get away from yep. what they want. And yep. And it goes back to that. I mean, I just, I, I can't, stress how important what you said earlier about having that great support system yeah i mean something obviously people get brought up in different situations and again i don't i didn't know mac Miller personally but who knows something could happen in his life where yeah no doubt maybe his parents or family members obviously there's kind of a chain reaction i feel like sometimes with oh your dad was in prison so yep. you have a better chance of going there but yeah, obviously when something like that happens, you hate to hear it, but especially, I think it was a few weeks ago when the whole thing about Demi Lovato came out, it's just... I know. Yeah, I'll just... And now, nowadays, I feel like kids are, with all the nicotine and all that, I mean, yep. everyone's getting into it, so it's obviously early, earlier they're getting into it, and it's just... I know. You, you hate to see it. And, and if she didn't have someone there, and in the, the time frame in which she overdosed, she would have... Been yeah. Hit as well, um, unfortunately, and, I, and I've known, I've known several kids that have come through the Shining Star program that um, became addicted to drugs, and overdosed. Fortunately, they had people around them to save them. If they didn't, they would be dead. And Mac Miller just didn't have anybody around him. Yeah. And the time he just he died. So it's just, it's sad. Um, and hopefully, some kids hear you know your story, um, and. Listen, if you don't have, you have a big family. Not everybody yeah. has a big family. And like you said, yeah. not everybody has the upbringing maybe you or myself has had, but you can create a support system. You can, you can go and get people to, to help you. You just can't push those people you know, yeah. away. Yeah, I mean, obviously, I feel like a lot of it comes down to how, sure, you can come up with a bad, come up in a bad family. You cannot have a mom or dad or grandparents or whatever, but. I think a lot of it comes down to is how are, how are you going to take that and are you going to take it and be like, oh, okay, just because my dad's in prison, oh, I'm going to go there. Yeah. Or are you going to make a name for yourself and make a good life for yourself? And a lot of people have. A lot of people have obviously, uh, I mean, you come up in a bad neighborhood and, yeah, you're one of the first to go to college. Mm -hmm. I was watching that Last Chance U and uh, a lot of those kids were like, yeah, I was one of the first to come to college. And it's just exactly that how are you gonna how are you gonna make your life better just because earlier in life obviously you might not have the best the best choices yep so i mean to have that strength and courage to say all right that happened but i'm not gonna let that break me i'm gonna do something else with my life and i'm gonna make a name for myself and i'm gonna start my own family and Does like you matter. said i'm gonna get my own support system i'm gonna get help where i need it yep so i mean i feel like a lot of times even me and i i hate asking for help i do i mm -hmm. don't because I was always so independent, I was off at college by myself, and now, I mean, I gotta ask someone to open the door for me. It's just, I don't like doing it, but I need it, and I know I need it, so 
sooner or later you just got to man up and just and people want to help a lot i've done that too a lot of people during this they they do want to help they do care if i like ask for a ride yeah they're going to do it in a heartbeat because they want to help me doubt. and obviously that helps when people are are there for you so if you don't then you just gotta you gotta somehow find yourself to man up and ask yeah i think that's that's well said and that's a i think a great way to to leave things um you know ryan like for myself and i think for a lot of people um you know i wish you well we're going to stay in contact yeah definitely and i want you to keep after it and i want you to i want you to get back um and, and just keep that positive you know attitude you like I've said, you've, you've inspired a lot of people you don't even know. Yeah. Um, there will be a lot of people that have an opportunity to hear this and that will take a lot of things away from it. So keep doing that. Your mom said it, right? You've inspired more people than you could you know, even imagine. So um, keep that up. And like the song we came into, Big Daddy Kane. I've been trying to get Big Daddy Kane. He's, you know, he's, he's famous. I've been trying to to like tag him on our podcast and just come on one time, but I've, I've not had any success. But maybe after this one, I'll have some success. Maybe he'll hear it. Maybe he'll hear it. But his song, Ain't No Stopping Us Now, is is like a theme song for you. And when it, and it says, ain't no stopping us now. I think that us is important because it's not just Ryan. There's so many people that are exactly. part of it. Yep. You know what I mean? Yep. So I think that's a, that's a great song to come on into and, and, and outro out to the podcast. And I want to thank everybody for listening to another episode of the Basketball Insider Edition of the No Further Comments podcast, episode number 18 with Ryan Custer. And I'm, I'm telling you, it's one of the best podcasts and interviews um, that I've been a part of. And I'd love to hear everybody's reaction to it on social media and look forward to listening everybody listening to episode 19 and with another edition of our full podcast the nfc with glenn and mario very soon appreciate everybody listening